Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with King Azahiah as we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah his youngest son, who is also called Jehoiahaz. Ahaziah or Jehoiahaz are one and the same. They made him the king in his stead for the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all of the older sons. And so Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, the king of Judah, reigned, and he was 42 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. And he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. Now, something is wrong here. I'm going to have to go home and figure this out. Ahaziah, 40 and 2 years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. I'm going to have to look that up because his dad was only four years old when, 40 years old when he died. So something's wrong with the uh, things here, perhaps a copy is here. I'll have to look that up in my commentaries. His mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri, or granddaughter of Omri. They don't have words granddaughter. Omri was the father of Ahab. And he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. And he walked in their counsel with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, the king of Israel, to war against Haziel, the king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Syrians smote Joram. Now, he also continued this same friendship with the kings of the north, and he went up, and he too was invited to come into the battle with Jehoram against Syria, or Jehoram, rather, went to battle against Syria. Jehoram was injured and was recovering from his wounds that he had received in the battle when Ahaziah went up to visit him and to comfort him. And this is the time when Jehu rebelled against the reign of Jehoram, came to him and killed him. And they also found Ahaziah there and Jehu killed him also. And so they brought his body and they buried him there rather than bringing it back for burial in Jerusalem. Now when her son was killed, Athaliah then took over the reigning of Judah. And in taking over the reign, immediately she killed all of the other sons in order that there would be no other heir apparent to the throne except that one of the nurses grabbed one of the little sons and she hid him uh, so that he was not slain. Uh, He was just a baby at the time that he was hidden away. And they took him to the priest, Jehoiada, and they raised him there in the temple. And so in chapter 23, Joash, this one son that escaped the sword of Athaliah, they escaped the assassination attempts. When he was seven years old, the priest Jehoiada 
called together the captains of the people of Judah and the chief men. And he said, look, I have Joash, who is a descendant of David, because God promised that there would not cease to be a descendant of David upon the throne. Athaliah is not a descendant of David. She's a usurper and all. And so we want to establish him and set him up as the king. So I want you to divide into three companies. Three of you go out into the cities. Three of you stand at the gates. Don't let anybody in. And the other, I mean, the other third will stay in here. And we'll surround him and we will protect him. And so they had him stand by the pillar. They put the crown upon his head, this little seven-year-old boy. And they began to cry, God save the king. God save the king. And they began to rejoice and shout for the fact that God had again placed upon the throne a descendant of David. And Athaliah, when she heard the tumult of the people and heard them talking about a king, she came down into the temple and she saw this little fellow with a crown on his head and she began to cry, treason, treason. And Jehoiada ordered the priest to grab her, not to kill her in the temple, but to take her outside and uh, of the temple precincts and stone her. And so Athaliah was destroyed, and now Joash began to reign as the king. He was only seven years old. So in reality, he was just a little puppet type of a king as long as Jehoiada, the priest, was alive. Jehoiada exercised tremendous uh, influence over Little Joash, he had raised him from a child and now did exercise tremendous influence over him. And with the influence of Jehoiada, actually there was again a spiritual revival uh, as they executed actually not only Athaliah, but uh, all of the other priests of Baal and all that had been established. Now in verse 16, chapter 23, Jehoiada, that is the priest who raised this little boy, made a covenant between him and between all of the people and between the king that they should be the Lord's people. In other words, let's return to the Lord. Let's get back to being God's people. So the people went to the temple of Baal and they broke it down. They broke down the altars and the images and they killed the priest of Baal there before the altars and they reestablished the priesthood there in Jerusalem. And they, they began the worship within the temple once again because the wicked sons of Amaziah had just gone in and, and ripped up the temple. It had become a disgrace, just a, a, almost a ruins. And so they sought then to repair. Now, uh, this little uh, Joash ordered... Uh, them to collect funds throughout all the land to repair the temple. But the priest didn't bring the money in. And so he, he called Jehoiada and he said, hey, I've ordered the temple repaired. How come the priest haven't brought the money in? So he had a chest made and he set the chest there in the temple. And then he ordered all of the people of Judah, according to the law of Moses, they were to give a tenth or the 
the, unto the Lord. And so the people came and they began to put it in and the money was designated for the refurbishing and the rebuilding of the temple. And so they gave the money then unto skilled men and uh, the temple was rebuilt. In verse 15 of chapter 24, we find Jehoiada, the priest that exercised such a good influence, died in a ripe old age of 130 years. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done so much good in Israel. But at his death, the princes of Judah made obeisance to the king, and the king began to hearken unto them. And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers, and they began to worship the pagan gods in the groves and the idols, and the wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this trespass. And yet he sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord, and they testified against them, but they would not give ear. So God was angry. He sent his prophets, but they wouldn't listen to the prophets. And so the Spirit of God came upon this prophet whose name was Zechariah. And he stood above the people, and he said unto them, Thus saith God, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he also has forsaken you. And they conspired against him, and they stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. And thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done unto him, but he slew his son. Now this Zechariah was the son of the priest. Actually, he probably grew up with Joash. But Joash is turning against God, against the early roots. And when he died, he said, the Lord look upon it and require it. Now, it is interesting that the Jews later on began to always almost worship their fathers. Our fathers. Our fathers. I mean, that was always their cry, our fathers. And it was almost an ancestral worship that developed by the Jews in later years. And it was a thing that when Jesus was talking with them, it, it was a, a thing of debate almost, as they would say, but our fathers, you know, as though their fathers were so righteous and so holy. And Jesus one day got after them and said, which of the prophets did your fathers not kill? Their fathers, but they always, you know, revered in such righteousness and all killed the prophets that God sent to them. Of course, Stephen points out the same thing. And when he stood before the Sanhedrin, he tore down this concept of our fathers were so righteous. And, and he tore down that concept and, and he really laid it out on them. And, and they got so angry, they began to gnash their teeth and they drug him out and stoned him. So Jesus gave the parable of how that this Lord had gone away and he left his goods, the vineyard and all, in, in the hands of his servants. And so the time came for harvest and he sent a servant to them 
that he might gather the fruit or the, you know, the, the money from the sale of the fruit and all and bring it to him. But they mistreated and killed the servants. And finally he said, I will send my own son. Surely they will respect him. But when the son came, they said, hey, this is the heir. Let's destroy him and then it'll be ours. And Jesus actually was, was speaking a parable concerning himself and, and how the father had sent the prophets and how they had actually killed the prophets. But then when he sent his own son, they even sought to kill him. And he said, what will the father do? He will take the vineyard from those, or the goods from those evil servants, and he'll give it unto others, as Jesus was then prophesying the gospel, God's grace coming to the Gentiles, and the God's spirit being poured out upon us. So here's another account, a prophet of God, Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest, the faithful priest, who was put to death by uh, Joash in the later years as he turned, really. And so as the result of this, God allowed the Syrians to come to pass at the end of the year, and he delivered Judah and Jerusalem to the hands of the Syrians. Now, the Syrians didn't have a big army at all when they came down in this invasion. There were just a few of them. But God delivered a whole host of Judah into the hands of just a few Syrians because of their sin against the Lord. The death of Joash is then recorded, beginning with verse 25. In chapter 25, Amaziah, the son of Joash, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 29 years, and his mother's name was Jehoiadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a complete heart. And it came to pass when the kingdom was established Actually, this, his, his dad was finally killed by a couple of his servants, and uh, so he killed the or had the servants killed who had killed his father. But he did not slay their children because of the law of Moses. It said the children should not die for the sins of the parents, nor the parents for the sins of the children, but every man shall die for his own sin. And Amaziah gathered together the people of Judah, and they made an expedition against the Edomites. And they were successful in this war against the Edomites. There came a man of God to the king, verse 7, prior to the battle, because the king had used a part of the money, he, 100 talents of silver, and he had hired 100,000 of the men of Israel to come with him to fight against the Edomites. So the man God of God came and said, why are you leaning on the arm of flesh? Why are you trusting in the Israelites for help? You ought to trust in the Lord. Send them home because they, they shouldn't be going into battle with you. And he said, well, what should I do? I've already given 100 talents of silver. He said, just forget it. Count it as a loss, but send them back. Don't let them go into battle with you. Well, he listened to the voice of the prophet of God, and he sent the men of Judah home who were angry, or the men of Israel home. They were angry and so they actually began to rip up some of the cities of Judah on their way home. But Amaziah went down then against the Edomites, and God gave the Edomites into his hands. But then 
stupid guy, captured some of the gods of the Edomites, the little idols, and he brought them back and set them up in his home, and he began to worship these little idols, the gods of the Edomites. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah. He sent to him a prophet that said, Why have you sought after the gods of the people which could not deliver them out of your hand? It came to pass as he talked with him, the king said, Did I hire you as a counselor? You better shut up, for why should I smite you? And then the prophet was quiet, and he said, I know that God hath determined to destroy you because you have done this, and you have not hearkened to my counsel. So Amaziah, the king of Judah, sent a message to Jehoiahaz, the king of Israel. And he said, let's come and face each other. And so Jehoiahaz, the king of Israel, sent a message back and said, look, young man, you went down and you had a victory over the Edomites. Now just stay home and enjoy that victory, for why should you meddle to your own hurt? In other words, be satisfied with the victory you had over the Edomites and don't go looking for trouble. Why should you meddle to your own hurt? But Amaziah would not hear, and he demanded that they come out and meet face to face. So the king of Israel came against him at Beth Shemesh, and Amaziah and his troops were defeated. And the king of Israel came to Jerusalem, and he broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, a space of about 600 feet. And he took all of the gold and the silver and all of the vessels that were found in the house of God and the treasures of the king's house, and he took hostages, and he returned to Samaria. And Amaziah lived for another 15 years, and the rest of his acts are found in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Now after that time, Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. He made a conspiracy, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem. He fled to Lachish, but they came to Lachish, and there they killed him. Now this business of why meddle to your own hurt is a... Good warning, really, because many times people think that they can meddle with sin and not get hurt. They think that they can play with fire and not get burned. And it is interesting that many times our greatest dangers lie immediately following our greatest victories. Having a great victory can be a dangerous thing because many times, flushed with victory, we begin to gain confidence in our flesh. We begin to almost go out looking for trouble, looking for temptation so that we can conquer over it, putting ourselves in a place of temptation or jeopardy in order that we might show how strong we are, meddling around with things that we have no business meddling with, in places we have no business being. Meddling usually results in our own hurt. And so 
They were defeated. But that wasn't all. A part of their defenses were destroyed. The king came and he destroyed a part of the wall of Jerusalem. When you fall into temptation, a part of your defenses are destroyed. The first time you came up against it, it was a real battle. You didn't fall easily. You really held your own for quite a while. But when you fell, a part of your defenses were wiped out. So the next time you face that thing, you didn't have the same amount of strength to resist. It was a little easier to do it because you've already done it once. You didn't have just that same inner strength against it. It was easier to fall the second time. The third time, it was even easier yet. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 2 Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Chronicles 22 through 25 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and keep you, and may you live after the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Therefore, let a man examine himself. For if we will judge ourselves, then we will not be judged of God. For I speak to you in the name of the Lord. If you are living and walking after the flesh and indulging in the areas and the things of the flesh, God will bring you into judgment. It will destroy you. You need to walk after the Spirit. May God guide and help you in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Pastor Greg Laurie. Rarely does a man come along that literally changes a generation. But such a man came, and that man is here tonight, and his name is Chuck Smith. Yeah?
Join Pastor Greg in an exclusive interview with Pastor Chuck. Listen to rarely heard stories and memories in Chuck's own words about the events that influenced him and how he, in turn, influenced so many. We have only one life and it'll soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. To order a copy of the special DVD with Greg Laurie and Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673. Again, the number to call is 800-272-WORD.